Entrepreneur on Fire, Episode 2. Welcome to EntrepreneurOnFire.com, where remarkable entrepreneurs share their inspiring story. Let their journey illuminate your path to success. And now, your host, John Dumas. Hey, Fire Nation, and thanks for joining me for another episode of Entrepreneur on Fire the place for inspiring interviews with today's most successful entrepreneurs. Are you on our email list? If not, you are missing your chance at the $50 cash we give to one lucky subscriber every Wednesday. Would your Wednesday be a little better with 50 bucks in your pocket? Go to entrepreneuronfire.com or eofire.com if you're like me and can't spell entrepreneur to find out more. Question. Have you been searching for an elite mastermind group? If yes, look no further than Ignite, an amazing mastermind of aspiring entrepreneurs. We have weekly webinars, amazing resources, forums, and huge giveaways, including a $200 cash giveaway every week. Come join our community at ignitemastermind.com. If you enjoy this free podcast, Please show your love and support by heading over to eofire.com and clicking the subscribe and iTunes button at the top of our page. This will shoot you over to iTunes where you can leave a rating and review. To show my appreciation for your hopefully five-star rating and review, I will give you a shout out at the top of an upcoming show telling the world just how cool you are. And now prepare to ignite. Okay, let's get started. I am simply thrilled to introduce my guest today, Pat Flynn. Pat, are you prepared to ignite? Let's do this. Let's ignite. (laughs) Pat runs a massively successful blog, Smart Passive Income, which just passed the 50,000 subscriber mark last week. Congrats on that, Pat. Thank you. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. It's uh, unbelievable. He actually also has a top 10 podcast in the iTunes business category. He's a very moving speaker who's spoken to Blog World on multiple occasions, one of which I had the pleasure of attending. Overall, Pat's just a great guy, and I'm personally thrilled to see him doing so well online and to have him join us here at EntrepreneurOnFire.com. So Pat, I've given a little overview. Why don't you just tell us a little more about who you are and what you do? Sure. Uh my name is Pat, and probably the most important thing is that I'm a father to a beautiful two-and-a-half-year-old son and an upcoming daughter who's uh, going to be here in September, and I'm a husband, too. I'm a big, big-time family man, and that kind of inspires a lot of what I do and the decisions that I make. But going back to business, I actually went to school for architecture, and I loved architecture. I never had any sort of desire to leave it. Unfortunately, in 2008, I was sort of kicked out of the industry. I was laid off. And and that's sort of when all this online business stuff started for me. I actually tried to get another job in the architecture industry, but I, I couldn't. There was just no, nobody was hiring any architects because no one was building any buildings. So they didn't need any uh, any designers. Now, luckily, and, and this is kind of the, 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 the interesting thing that happened, was while I was still working, I was sort of doing all these things to climb the corporate ladder, to impress my boss and all these, all these types of things. So one thing I did was I studied for this exam called the LEED exam. It's an exam in the architecture industry that deals with green buildings and sustainable design and things like that, you know, environmentally friendly buildings. 
And I passed this test. And to, to help me pass this test, I created a blog to basically just keep track of my notes. All I did was put my notes online, and it helped me study because I was on the computer all day, and I could, I could study. I traveled a lot, so I did, could study from a laptop, and I could share my notes from, uh, I, could, I could share my notes with some of my coworkers. But I never had any intention of the site going anywhere. So I passed the exam. The site had been up for a year and a half. I finally passed. I just let it sit there. And I didn't do anything with it because um, I didn't need to anymore. I passed the test. Now, when I got laid off, that's when I started to hear about all these success stories from people doing business online who had websites, who were teaching people to do stuff, who were, uh, you know, just making thousands of dollars. And it, it kind of struck me, you know, I, I was like, hey, maybe that's something I could do. I'll, I'll see what happens. And I had the site already. And I said, maybe I could do something with the site. I haven't really promoted it ever. Uh, maybe that's something I could start with since it's already there. Now, the next day... Uh, I, I put some tracking software on there and I saw that thousands of people around the world were already visiting that site because oh, wow. it was online. People found it because Google picked Google. I mean, I, I didn't know this was happening at the time, but all that stuff I was writing on there and I was writing for a long time, like three or four hours a night for over a year. Right. Um, so, you know, it, this might turn into a, a story that sounds like it's a get rich quick story, but it's definitely not. Uh, it took a lot of work uh, to, to get to this point, but People found me on Google because Google loved all the stuff that I was typing in uh, and then I was posting and, you know, I was writing about relevant things that people were searching for. And so I already had thousands of people coming to the site every day. And so I began to try and monetize it. So the first thing I did was I put AdSense on the site. And I remember that this was a big moment for me. This was when I made my first, I think it was uh, $1.18. I think it was. Um, I just put AdSense on my site, uh, some code that kind of auto-generates some advertisements and that day I had made like a dollar eighteen or you know, the next time I checked online I made I had made a dollar and eighteen cents. And, you know, I could find that between the cushions of my couch, but it was just such an amazing feeling to know that I was actually you know, I actually made money online. And I did I did it in a way that was different than any other way that I ever thought was possible, which was you know, you hear about internet business and, and online business and internet marketing and you think of all these negative things like people scamming people or just feeding off of people's hopes. Well, I just had this site that had notes on it, and I put this code on it, and all of a sudden I had money coming my way, which is really cool. So that income started to grow a little bit more, and I eventually got to a point where I published a book for the site, a study guide. And it was that month that I published that study guide. Um, it took about a month and a half to create. Uh, I had generated $7,905.88, I think it was. And uh, that was just ridiculous. Like I couldn't believe that was I, – I thought I was doing something illegal. Because I've never seen that much money before, <laughs> um, but you know, people ate it up. People loved the guide. I actually had a couple of people who had passed the test from studying my guide earlier, uh, studying my website earlier, who bought the book just because they felt like they had to pay me back. And that that I thought was really cool. And that showed me that if I could provide all this value to people online, um, just over deliver like crazy, that it'll it'll always come back to me somehow. And so I've I've taken that model and kind of turned it. You know, I, I, after I found that success with that website, and the income started to grow too, you know, $14,000 a month, all the way up to $30,000 in a single month from that one product in this little tiny niche uh, in, in, in March of 2009, that, that's when it happened. And the, the beauty of it is that it was mostly automated. You know, I was very inspired by Tim Ferriss and the 4-Hour Workweek. And in that book, there was an automation section where he talks about businesses that can kind of run an autopilot that have systems in place that can automatically deliver products to people um, and, and without you having, having to be there. So literally that, that month, March of 2009, that's the month after I was married, so I was spending half that month in Hawaii on my honeymoon. I maybe worked four hours that entire month, but I was still able to generate $30,000 a month because 
people could come to the site, they could buy the ebook, it could get automatically delivered to them after making a purchase, and that money goes into my PayPal account. There's nothing I have to do, um, you know, that takes out of my time during the day in order for that to happen. So it was, it was just amazing. So that's, sorry, I like to talk. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's when I started the Smart Passive Income blog because I didn't know that any of this stuff was possible, and I wanted to share everything I was doing with people. So that's why on my site I share how I created the uh, Green Exam Academy, which is that lead exam site, what I was doing to increase sales, how I was, you know, what I, could, what I thought I could do better, what I thought I should have done in the beginning that I didn't do. Uh, just sharing everything I can so that people who want to do something similar can, can do it and kind of not have to figure it out for themselves, but I can kind of guide them there. I don't have a, I don't have a specific, you know, this is what you got to do to make money type of thing. I, I just share people what I do and people can take that and, and use it as inspiration or as a guide for, for something that they want to attempt to do. And I, you know, that was just one business. I, I've since created several businesses publicly on the site. For example, my iPhone application business, that was another experiment to see if I could create passive income. And indeed, my partner and I have two, uh, no, 27 apps live in iTunes right now that are generating between five and $10,000 a month. I created a niche site in the security guard training industry publicly on the blog, and I showed people how I created that from all the way from selecting that niche to when it got to number one to Google, and that's now making a couple thousand dollars a month. And now the Smart Passive Income blog itself, through all this, uh, um, you know, all these case studies and examples that I'm sharing, and by offering products and services along the way, not that I create, but that other people have created, or, or you know, just stuff like hosting and domains or uh, tools to help people with keyword research, stuff that I've used myself. Because I, I, rec I show people that I've used these tools, people are more than happy to go through my affiliate links, which means that if they go through those affiliate links and make a purchase, I get a commission. So I'm, not, I'm actually, I don't even have a product to sell on the Smart Passive Income blog, but I'm generating about $40,000 a month from it. That is inspirational, Pat. I mean, you're just doing a lot of things online right now. You're being so transparent. People can really just dive in to the different businesses that you're doing, get inspiration from that, and get direction from that, and move forward. So we're also going to move forward in this interview here and go on to the next topic, which is the success quote. And we usually do this at the beginning part of every episode here because we really want to get the motivational ball rolling. Now, you've you've already done that because I'm inspired right now. <laughs> I almost want to stop this interview and just go like read some more of your posts right now, but we're going to keep going through for the sake of the audience. So, Pat, what is your favorite success quote? Uh, my favorite success quote is a quote by Henry Ford. It's, whether you think you can or you can't, you're right. And I love this quote because it basically means, you know, however you think you could do, that's you, whatever you think you could do, that's what's going to happen. If you don't think you could do something, then it's not going to happen. But if you really believe in yourself and you think you could do it, whatever it may be, then it's going to happen. And, um, you know, the, there's other quotes that are similar to it, like in, in T. Harvecker's Secrets of the Millionaire Mind, there's a quote that is, um, my inner world creates my outer world. So how you think actually transpires to reality. Those are two great quotes. I'll definitely have those in the show notes after afterwards and just continue to move forward with the show into the next topic. We're really going to be focusing on failure. Every entrepreneur has seen it, has lived it, has breathed it, has hopefully learned from it and moved forward from it. We don't let failure define us as entrepreneurs. So bring us back to a point in your journey where you came up against failure what were the steps leading up to that point, and how did you move forward from there? Uh, it, this is a hard one because I have a ton of failures, like a, a billion failures. All entrepreneurs uh, have. 
Yeah, I mean, I was I was trying to think of one, and 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 the the first one that comes to mind. I mean, I, I had a ton, and I have one big one that I'll, I'll share in a second. But one comes to mind uh, because I, it happened yesterday. Actually, uh, it happened two days ago because I'm I'm writing a book right now, um, and uh, I'm going to be publishing it on the Amazon Kindle platform. And this book writing thing is just is just a, a beast. And on Sunday, I had a four hour block to write. I said, okay, I'm going to write for four hours. And after the four hour time span that I had to write. At the end, I had nothing to show for it, absolutely nothing. I wrote, I deleted, I wrote, I deleted even more. And at the end of it, I, my, hand, my, my head was in my hands, and I, was just, I just could not believe I had wasted four hours. And, and I felt like that was a failure because uh, it was just I got nothing out of it, and, and I felt like I just wasted time. Now, what I eventually learned was that I was my own worst enemy because what I was doing was I was editing along the way. And I just tried to make everything perfect. And I think that's a problem that a lot of people have is they try to be perfect. And if you try to be perfect, a couple things happen. One, you're never going to get done because nothing is ever perfect. But at the same time, and probably the, the, the biggest thing for me for this book, um, is that perfection got in the way of my creativity. Because I, wor- I was worrying too much about editing and making things perfect. And I just got rid of any opportunity for creativity or stories to just come up that I can't even think of right now that just kind of come about because you just kind of what they call vomit on the, on, on the paper. And um, so that, that's a big thing I, I learned was just to stop being perfect. And, and with this writing book thing specifically, I picked up a book called Bird by Bird. Uh, and, and it's t- entitled that because, you know, basically you have to take things one step at a time. You know, if you're doing a report about birds, which is what this example is about in this book, take it one bird at a time and just vomit on the paper and don't even worry about it. You can always come back and edit later. And that's something that I've applied to business in the past. But this book writing thing, like I said, is totally different. So in the past, you know, when I came out with that ebook for greenexamacademy.com, it wasn't perfect. And I knew that, but I wanted to get it out there because I knew it would help people and it had the information to do that. But it wasn't perfect. There was still spelling errors. There's still some stuff that I could have added, uh, which I eventually did later. But if I didn't publish that book when I did, uh, I wouldn't have made that eight thousand dollars in that in that month, and I would have lost money because it was just sitting there and doing nothing. So that was one that was one failure, and the lessons learned behind it. Uh, the the other one came with uh, again. This is in respect to GreenExamAcademy.com, and it was in I think April or May of two thousand nine. I got a letter from the USGBC, which is the United States Green Building Council, and it was a cease and desist letter. And, you know, I just saw the word cease and desist and I totally freaked out. I thought I was getting sued. Yeah. And um, I was freaking out. And so I, I, I read it and I was like, okay, I'm apparently using some trademarks in the domain name that I shouldn't. The actual domain name before was called in the lead, L-E-E-D.com. Uh, I thought that was a perfect I was I thought that was a perfect domain name. You know, it's catchy, it's short in the lead. It kind of has a double meaning, but it had the trademark lead in it, so it wasn't perfect. And so I got this letter. I hired a lawyer. I've never hired a lawyer before, and he was telling me all these all this stuff and all this jargon I, I knew nothing about. And really, at that time, I, I just considered myself a failure because I I thought that you know I I asked myself you know maybe I'm not just cut out for business. You know, this seems like something so obvious, and I just totally missed it. And, you know, the thing was, I created this site when I was still working, so I really had no intention of it becoming business. But, you know, I just thought to myself, you know, this is, I'm just not cut out for this. You know, this is scary stuff, stuff that I wouldn't have to deal with if I was just working nine to five. You know, I could just do my job and let the experts 
the other experts in the office uh, figure this stuff out if it ever comes up or avoid these types of situations. But what eventually happened was I uh, changed the domain name. You know, that was okay. And it was okay that I was publishing these study guides. It was just the domain name. And so it was, it was, I didn't get sued. It was just a warning. And it was just a big wake-up call for me to, to really be careful and to really make sure that I think things through before I, I, I publish them or I, you know, go out there and, and create these things. Um, and, and, and kind of getting through that, you know, actually boosted my confidence because it's, it's been live for three years since then. And it's, uh, it's, it's been doing really, really, really well. Um, and, and it just showed me that I, I could really get through anything. That's great stuff, Pat. Now, let's go back to your first failure real quick. And let me pose this question to you. You're a podcaster. You have a top iTunes podcast. Now, would it be helpful for you to kind of look at writing in some ways that you look at podcasting? Because, for instance, with this interview, if you and I stopped every time that we stuttered or said the wrong word, went back and edited, we'd never would get through an episode. And there's going to be phenomenal content <laughs> in this episode. And it's going to be very powerful for a lot of people. If you took that same mentality and applied it to writing where you just sat down spilled it all out on the paper and then came back, you know, into Adobe Audition a little later, maybe did a little post-production for the big ums and the ahs, but the whole general sense would be there. Would that be something that could help you out? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, yeah, definitely. Just, I mean, talking things through is is so much different. And if I can imagine myself talking to a friend who I'm trying to teach this stuff to, it, it would definitely help. And I am imagining a friend when I write. And I might explore kind of the audio uh, tactic as well. And, and, and it's funny because I know this, um, there's a program called Write or Die. It's, a, it's an application where you basically write and it forces, it, you know, you can, there's different settings, but you could set it so that your backspace or delete button doesn't work. That, uh, you know, it's, it's just pretty crazy where um, in, in, if you don't reach a certain amount of words in a certain time period, it starts to delete stuff that you have already written. <laughs> wow. Um, and it just kind of forces you to write kind of in the same way that you said, you know, just, just put it out there and then you can come back and edit later. So I'm, I'm thinking about different ways. Um, and I actually had a great writing session last night after reading about, um, uh, after reading Bird by Bird yesterday. And, and I, I actually wrote four times as many words that already existed in the book because I just kind of put it all out there. And I got some really great creative stories that I didn't even think about, you know, just, it just, they just, came out of nowhere and I kind of went with it and, and it's very disorganized right now. But that's okay. Those stories are there and they, they popped into my brain and they're now on paper. That's great stuff. So Entrepreneur on Fire is a journey. We're talking about an entrepreneur's journey. In this case, you're our spotlighted entrepreneur. So we're discussing your journey. So you've given us some very powerful uh, insight into some failures that you've had and you have touched upon this next topic to some level, but Let's really grab onto one point right now where you had transitioned through a failure, you were working in your passions, you're doing what you're enjoying to do. What were the events that actually led up to an aha moment that you've had? Uh, well, the aha moment, I, I mean, there's a, there's a bunch of aha moments. Like one of the aha moments I have was when my boss who let me go called me a year or two later asking me to come back and work for him and then me saying no thank you <laughs> that was a really cool aha moment that made me realize that I actually did it that I got somewhere that that I didn't need to be working for anyone else anymore that I could do it on my own um, so, so that was that was a really cool aha moment and um, yeah 
I just, it's so funny thinking about that because because he was just kind of like, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I was like, yeah, this is okay. He probably um, thought that he was making the best phone call of your life. Yeah, I, I mean, because I, I was so devastated. He, he knew how devastated I was when I got let go, but um, I think he was surprised that I actually did something with myself um, in such a short time period, which is pretty cool. Now, another aha moment, and, and I, I can't pinpoint the specific, you know, actual moment, the time and location, but it was... Oh, no. Actually, yes, I can. <laughs> uh, when I started, uh, yeah, sorry, I just thought of a new story. Uh, and this, this one actually is, is better because there is an actual moment. Now, I had um, a mentor, uh, Jeremy Franson from, from Internet Business Mastery, which is a podcast I listened to when I started doing business online. That was really inspiring to me and why I kind of do what I do. And I got to talk to him every once in a while. We'd, he actually moved to San Diego and I'd meet up with him every once in a while, which is pretty cool. And, and we would talk about what we were doing in our businesses and how things were going and we'd help each other out. And I had this really, you know, once Smart Passive Income started doing well um, and, and Green Exam Academy was going well, I wanted to do something more. You know, as entrepreneurs, we always want to do more and, and, and all these different things. And I talked to Jeremy and I, I you know, uh, we, we sat at lunch one day at Cheesecake Factory, I think, and we, you know, I brought this list of 10 possible new business ideas that I could come up with, and I wanted to get his opinion on it because he was, a, he was an expert. And so I, I, I go down the list, and he's like, oh, okay, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I can see that, mm-hmm. And at the end, I was like, huh, none of these really, uh, fly, none of these really jive with you, do they? And he's like, for you, Pat, you have amazing things going on right now and you have an amazing personality that people can easily connect with these things on this list i don't see anywhere where you can inject your personality like you have already done with greenexamacademy.com which if you go there you can see my picture and i talk about my experience with the exam so on and so forth or smart passive income where you go on there you see my picture pictures of my family i talk very personally about uh how my business is going the the failures and things like that uh that i've that i've gone through and the wins and he's like, you know what? Just stick with what you have for now. Stop being an entrepreneur that you know is always chasing new things, and just make what you have better, and put even more of your personality in it because that's what people can connect with. And so that's what I did, and that's when I started to write more posts about you know really how I felt, and even include stuff about my family. That's when I started posting videos with with my face in it. And that, uh, you know before I used to be so scared of doing that, but once I started doing that. People actually could see my face and, and I could relate to people. And you know what, what, what happened was a couple of years later when I started you know, going to these conferences to speak at Blog World Expo and at Financial Bloggers Conference, people would come up to me and they knew, already knew who I was and they already were talking to me like we were, we were friends. And I've never met these people which, before and it kind of freaked me out in the beginning. But it's, it's such a cool feeling to know that all these people, you know, I'm friends with all these people, even people that I don't even know yet because I've injected my personality. And if it wasn't for Jeremy... Uh, saying that to me at that moment in time, I might be kind of running around in all these different businesses, um, you know, too many, I guess, uh, and and I wouldn't have taken Smart Passive Income to where it's at now. So speaking of where Smart Passive Income is now, we're going to move on into your current business. Now, we have touched upon the Kindle uh, book that you're working on publishing Mm-hmm. And we've talked about a couple other things that you really have as the forefront of your business, such as your niche sites and things along those lines. Above and beyond that, what would you say is one thing that's really exciting you about your business today? 
Well, probably the most important thing and the one thing that excites me the most is all the feedback I get from people when I either write a post and it helps them or I share a certain strategy and I see immediate results from people. And, and that's what really is important to me is getting those emails and those messages and those thank yous. You know, it's not about the money for me. It's not about, you know, trying to get as many subscribers as possible. It's just trying to get as many message, personal messages from people that say I've helped them out in one way or another. And I've actually started a collection of people who have sent me handwritten letters of, of, of thanks and praise. And, um, you know, I, I'm not trying to be cocky or anything, but I, I use that as motivation for me to, to do even more of that. To, you know, I'm, I'm selfish in the way where I want more thank you notes. And the only way I could do that is to just keep providing a ton of value and just experimenting with different things. And, and, and because, you know, I, I've realized that not, you know, not everyone wants to build a niche site. Not everyone wants to do a podcast. Not everyone wants to do this or that. So I give people all the options and explore each of them to see and to kind of show people kind of what, what might jive with, with, with them. Um, you know, it's just, it's, it's just, that's how I know I'm doing something right is getting all those things. Now, Pat, I have to commend you because you have 50,000 subscribers. I'm one of them. So I can speak from firsthand experience you ask questions in these emails that you send out to us. You ask us very poignant questions. You ask for us to respond to those questions. I obviously understand why, because it's great for you to understand what your audience wants, what they need, where their pain point is. Mm. But man, 50,000 potential emails back, how do you deal with that? <laughs> uh, very slowly, I guess you could say. But no, <laughs> it, uh, you know, the emails are important. You know, I don't get 50,000 emails from people when I ask a question, but no, I get quite a few. And I do take time out of my week and I, I block it out. You know, I don't just answer them as they come in, but I'll spend a specific amount of time going through them as fast as possible. But, you know, with, 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 you know, I, I don't hire a VA to answer my emails or anything. It's just, it's just me. And, you know, the, the, the cool strategy behind the email and asking questions is I have this constant stream of, of emails that come in when people get to that those particular emails in my autoresponder that ask those questions, you know, I have this constant stream of emails telling me what exactly I should be writing a post about or what people's pains are, what people need help with. So I never run out of blog post ideas. I never run out of potential things to talk about. It's always coming to me from the people who matter, me, who matter to me the most, my subscribers. Um, and, and, and I think that that's, really, that, that that's really cool. But as far as the emails, you know, I think it's important to answer each and every one of them, and I eventually get to them. It's becoming harder and harder now that I have 50,000 subscribers. I mean, in the, in the beginning, it was so easy just to talk to each person individually and write these long emails back and reply with, with just a ton of detail, um, which really impresses a lot of people, and, and I still try to do that as much as possible, but I want to get to everybody because I know how important it is uh, to, to reply to emails. You know, if um, it just it just kind of strengthens the bond and the relationship that I have with my readers. And I think that's really important. You know, that's, that's probably the most important thing because that, you know, nothing else can happen until that relationship is there and, um, you know, no transactions whatsoever, not, not sharing, not buying something, not, uh, reading my posts, you know, none of that's going to happen until, or unless these, uh, my, my subscribers trust me and that can happen through actually being like a real person and replying and being a friend and trying to help people out like you would, uh, a friend in real life. Pat, what's your vision for the future of Smart Passive Income? 
the vision is, well, the immediate future, I'm working on this book right now and I'm really exploring the Kindle platform. And my goal with that is to not only publish this book and see how it does, but also to publish a guide, an addendum to my existing free ebook, eBooks a Smart Way, which talks uh, that talks about publishing a book and you know writing and publishing a book on your blog. But I'll create an addendum through my experience with Amazon and write a, kind of a guide to doing that, and it'll be just be an addition to it, uh, in addition to eBooks a Smart Way. Um, you know, in, in in the near in in, in the kind of maybe the three or four year plan you know it's hard to say because technology is changing so fast and and who who knows what it's going to be like even in a year but my my primary purpose is just to help people figure things out online to give to, to break things down that are complicated into easily digestible tutorials or step-by-step guides and i'm going to be i'm going to continue to do that whatever technology comes up or or social media platforms or, or whatever. And I'm going to continue to create new businesses and publicly display how those businesses are created. And I have one in mind, a big one in mind that I want to do, which is going to be in a very, very saturated market because I want to just show people that you could go into any market and find a hole and just fill it and be successful. You know, I don't want people to be scared about getting into these saturated markets where they think everything is done already because no way and I want to show people through this example and I'm, I'm I apologize I'm kind of being vague with it I, I have yet to reveal exactly what this is but you know I'm really really excited about it so after this Kindle book is done um, I, I will put probably try a traditionally published book as well I've been contacted by a few publishers for that uh, which is which is awesome. Uh, I'll continue to be speaking because it's just something I enjoy. I don't know if I'll ever get to the point where I'm like these big guys who kind of charge tens of thousands of dollars to speak. You know, I just love speaking and and putting myself out there on stage and trying to help people that way. Uh, but this this project that I'm going to be working on, this case study, it's going to be it's going to be awesome. And I think that's maybe in in a year or so when that starts to unfold and, and I just want to show people and I want to give people no excuses for not trying, trying to do business online. Well, Fire Nation will anxiously await that. <laughs> so listen, Pat, we've now reached my favorite part of the show. We're about to enter the lightning rounds. Right. This is where I'm going to provide you with a series of questions and you're going to provide me with amazing and mind-blowing answers. Does that sound like a plan? Uh, yeah, that's great. <laughs> What was the number one thing that was holding you back from becoming an entrepreneur? The number one thing that was holding me back from becoming an entrepreneur was probably my job. <laughs> you know, I loved the job that I had as a, a, in my, my nine to five job. I, I loved it. And if I wasn't laid off, I wouldn't be doing what I am today. I wouldn't even know this was possible. You know, I was happy, but I wouldn't know what it would be like to be this happy. And I think the number one thing holding me back was... Uh, well, I guess, you know, breaking that down and going deeper into it, it, might, it may have just been a uh, lack of, of uh, knowledge that becoming an entrepreneur was possible, uh, lack of time to do those sorts of things. You know, when I got laid off, I had a lot of time to, to do a lot of these things. So um, probably the, the time factor as well and just getting burned out in an architecture job, which was consistently 60 hours a week, not, not 40. Uh, and, and then also... You know, I know this is an that I was fortunate enough to to not have this problem, but I know it is a big one for for a lot of people, and that is, um, you know, the the whole crab in the bucket deal, where you know, if you imagine this, if if you imagine a, a bucket of crabs, whenever a crab tries to pull out of that bucket, 
all the other crabs will pull that that crab that's trying to um, climb out down back into the bucket. And so what I mean by that is there's there's always these external factors, people that you know, friends, family that can easily stop us from pursuing our entrepreneur journey. And um, that's that's very difficult to deal with, especially when it's family and you can't get away from them. Um, it's really easy to be to be knocked down by people and, and who who say, you know, Pat, you know, you just gotta this. I don't think this is gonna go anywhere for you. And you know, how can you not be distracted by that, or how can you not let that bring you down? So the the best tip I have for that is if if you're surrounded by people who are constantly pulling you down, surround yourself with people who are also gonna be pulling you up too. And get into mastermind groups, go to meetups and, and with other entrepreneurs, and just get in touch with people who are who have similar goals as you, or who are already where you want to be. Very, very powerful visualization. Thank you for that, Pat. Mm-hmm. What was the best business advice that you have ever received? The best business advice that I ever received was to never sell myself short. And the reason I say this is because when I actually started selling my ebook on greenexaminedacademy.com, it was $19.99. And that was way lower than any other guy that was out there already. But the reason I priced it that low was because I thought, well, it's super cheap, so I just wanted as many people to get it as possible. Now, what actually happened was one of my customers who bought the book, who owned an architecture firm, emailed me back. You know, he was a businessman, and he said, Pat, you are killing yourself here. Please raise the book, or I'll punch you in the face. Like, that. those were his literal, <laughs> that's exactly what he said in his email. He's like, I'm not kidding. Please do it. You are you are totally undervaluing the, your book and what it can do for people. And so I followed his advice and I raised the price and I, I I played with it a little bit. I went higher and lower and tested it out and I eventually got to a point where I raised the price by 50 percent. And not only did I sell you know make more money in the end, but I actually sold more copies of my book when I did that. And that kind of blew me away. And the reason that happened was because the perceived value of the product was much higher. You know, it wasn't just a cheap little product that may or may not, you know, help out. But it became something that people were willing to pay for and knew that was going to help them because it was kind of a substantially uh, priced um, book. And so I apply that to everything now, not just stuff that I sell, but um, stuff that I write stuff that, you know, it's just being confident in myself, I guess, as you could say, and, and knowing that I have value to provide, I think is very important. Great stuff. What is something that's working for you or your business right now? Podcasting and YouTube videos. You know, I have this sort of strategy, which is sort of what my book is about. I call it my be everywhere strategy. You know, not just on a blog or I'm not just on a website. I'm everywhere. I'm on podcasts and I'm on YouTube. And, you know, by doing that, I can reach out to people who would have never found me otherwise if I just stuck with my blog. There are people out there who don't like to read, but who love to listen and are searching through iTunes all the time. And iTunes is a totally underutilized platform. I think there are only 200,000 podcasts as opposed to you know, millions and millions of, of websites out there that everyone's competing for attention for. And then also YouTube videos. You know, YouTube is the number two search engine in the world, and I only have you know, 50 videos. I only have 42, uh, three podcast episodes but I have 2 million downloads of my podcast, 2 million, almost 2 million views of my YouTube videos. And I did a survey back in 2001 asking my blog readers, how did you find me? And the number one answer was the podcast at 19%. The number two answer was YouTube at 16%. These are people, this is where they found me and are now, and, and, and are now reading my blog. Underneath that, uh, I think 15% was links from other blogs. And then it was Google and Facebook 
and Twitter. And I, I you know, I ask, you know, when you think about it, where is everyone spending their time? They're on Twitter and Facebook and they're doing SEO. But if you can reach out there and put yourself where people are already looking for people like you, then you have a, you know, a much higher probability of being found in, in reaching these people who, who can then become a part of your brand and, and become a subscriber. Okay, our audience are also avid readers. Do you have a business book that you'd recommend that you've read in the last six months? Oh, yes. I'm looking at maybe 20 on my shelf right now. <laughs> I can they imagine. Are, they are also good. Made to Stick by Dan and Chip Heath is an absolute favorite. You know, why some ideas survive and why other ideas die. And I think that, that you know, read it. It's, it's, it's so, so good. And I think also... Um, you know, it, we're all entrepreneurs, so I, you know, I was going to recommend tribes, but we all kind of know that we have to lead people. Um, and but you know, the last one, I'm looking around my office right now. Uh, you know, another one is is, um, gosh, where am I? <laughs> uh, no, I mean, I'm just going to say made to stick, just so you remember that. It's a, it, it's my all-time favorite, and it'll help you with your writing. It'll help you with. Um, anything that you produce, the products that you create, your copy, how you say things on Twitter, um, everything. And, you know, just, it just helps you understand why, you know, certain things are remembered and why certain things just are not. Great. I'll have all of these in the show notes. So thank you for that. The last question is by far my favorite, but it's kind of a tricky one. So give it a second here. If you woke up tomorrow morning and you still had all the experience and all the knowledge that you currently have right now, but your business, smart passive income, everything that you've quote unquote built and created disappeared. So you were starting with a clean slate from scratch, as many of our entrepreneurs now find themselves looking to do. What would you do? I would research different markets and find a hole and fill it with information that needs to be that needs to be found by people who are who haven't found it yet. And I know that's vague, but again, I, I keep thinking back to that project that I want to do. Uh, but it, but you know the, the the method I would do that after you find out exactly what it is you want to do is I would actually go and create a podcast and go and create a YouTube channel and and kind of create your brand that way. And the reason why I say that instead of build a website first is because there are millions of people on those platforms looking for people already. When you build a website and you create it and you launch it, who is the only person in the world that knows about it at that moment in time? You. So you have to, you know, you have to then go and put yourself out there in other places. And I, you know, I would start with the podcast and I would start with, uh, with YouTube just because you can get stuff out there immediately. I mean, I think that the most important thing is just to go out there and publish something and start making a name for yourself. And that, that's what I would start doing. And so once I have that message that I want to share, I'd be very, uh, I'd be very big on, on just posting it and sharing that message and, and start to build a brand again on those platforms first. And then obviously, you know, once things start going on there, uh, to, to create a website to, to, to drive people back to and start collecting emails and then start and then go from there. And then, for, you know, at that point, it would be really easy to start developing these relationships with other influential people in that particular niche. And I think that's absolutely important. That was one thing that I believe was crucial to my success as well was hooking up with other people in the different industries that I've been in and just becoming friends with them and, 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 and being there for them while at the same time they end up uh, being there for me too. And then we start just linking to each other. You know, I, I, you know, I can guest post on their sites really easily. And, you know, it doesn't, 
it doesn't start with an email. Uh, it just starts with kind of getting them on your radar by first you having to produce great content. And like I said, I would start on YouTube and, and a podcast. And it's free. That's why. I mean, you don't even need you don't even need a domain and hosting. You, you know, you can just uh, do it on on a podcast or, or especially YouTube. Pat, you've given us some incredibly great actionable advice, and we're definitely all better for it. So, let me just thank you for that. Do you have any last piece of advice for Fire Nation, and then just finish up with a plug for what you're doing right now? Uh, sure. Um, thanks, John. I think the last piece of advice I want to give you is to just take bold actions and get uncomfortable. You know, every time I've done something uh, that has taken my business to the next level, it has been something that was a little bit uncomfortable at first. For example, going onto YouTube. You know, I wasn't comfortable with putting my voice out there, or even putting my face out there. And you know, actually, kind of, to kind of help with that, I did a lot of screen casts and screen recordings first, so I didn't have to put my face on there. But it was still it was still a struggle for me, and, and I felt very uncomfortable doing it. But over time, I started to become better at it, and now you know, I'm ranking really high in, in YouTube for certain keywords. A couple of my videos have, have been seen hundreds of thousands of times. And uh, yeah, so that was uncomfortable. The podcast, too, is uncomfortable. In, in the beginning, I was just terrible behind the microphone. If you go back to my first episode, you'll see or you'll listen and just hear kind of how timid I was. And, you know, I've just become better uh, because of it, not just for the podcast, but, you know, even with public speaking. Um, and, you know, just just take bold actions, get uncomfortable. There's an example in the four hour work week where Tim Ferriss kind of gives you an ex exercise to go out into a public place, and just lay out on the floor. Just lay down on the floor because it's going to be one of the most uncomfortable things that you're going to be doing. People are going to look at you and think you're a weirdo. <laughs> but if you can learn to put yourself in that situation, it's going to take your business to the next level. Um, and, and just, uh, yeah, so just get uncomfortable. And um, to plug something, I would just want to plug smartpassiveincome.com. You know, I don't sell anything, so I don't really have anything to, uh, to pitch. So I'd love to see you on the blog smartpassiveincome.com that will be in the show notes as everything else go check it out guys it is more than worth your while awesome pat thanks again and we will catch you on the flip side all right john thanks hey guys this is john lee dumas signing off remember to subscribe to our email list for your chance to win 50 dollars cash every wednesday fire nation my one call to action to you today is this if you enjoyed this free podcast and want to show your love, head over to eofire.com, click the subscribe and iTunes button at the top of our page, and you'll be shot over to iTunes to leave a rating and review. To show my appreciation for your hopefully five-star rating, I will give you a shout out at the top of an upcoming show, and then you can tweet about how awesome you are. Seriously though, it would really mean a lot to all of us here at Fire Nation that work so hard to bring you this content five days a week. Until next time, Fire Nation, prepare to ignite. Thank you for joining us at EntrepreneurOnFire.com, your daily dose of inspiration. Prepare to ignite.